Did you recently take a long break from your business? Or are you thinking of taking one in the future? Today, you're gonna to learn how to come back from that break with ease. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you, who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Welcome back, Rebels. Today we are deep diving into an interesting topic that I don't think that many people actually cover in their content. How to come back from your business after a long break. You know, everyone's content these days is all about staying in the groove of your business and growing your business, scaling up. But what happens when you need to take a break? Life sometimes gets in the way, let's be real. What happens when you need to go on maternity leave or you just need a mental health getaway or you just wanna hit the pause button for a while on your business? Today we have Krista Dixon on the show. She's been on here in the past talking about money mindset, but today she's here to chat about her personal story of hitting that pause button on one of her businesses and then coming back months later to pick it up again. At the time that Krista took a step back from her business, she wasn't sure if she'd ever come back to it, so she didn't necessarily do everything to prepare for her getaway um, as if she would potentially return. So some of the things that she did she would have done differently and some of the things that she struggled with after her return wouldn't have been a problem. So she's going to be sharing all of that good stuff with you guys. Lots to learn. I do want to give you guys a heads up that since Krista and I recorded this episode, she's actually uh, rebranded the business that she came back to. So originally it was called Blog Beautifully and now it is called The Content Boss. So when Krista tells you about Blog Beautifully, she's talking about the content boss, uh, the current content boss. And uh, when she shares her social handles at the end of the show, just be aware that they are now the content boss. All right, Rebels, thank you so, so much for being here. As always, I'm really excited for this interview. Please join me in welcoming Krista Dixon back to the podcast. Hey, Krista, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Last time you were on the show, we talked about something completely different, which was a very important topic. But today we're talking about you making a comeback in your business. You kind of put things on hold for a while and then several months later picked up your business and, you know, kind of like jumped right back into it. So tell us a little bit about that. Like what happened and how'd you come back into everything? Yes. Okay. So I was running a business called Blog Beautifully that I started in 2016. And then around the end of 2017, I want to say, so almost two years later, I really started to lose the passion and the drive and the excitement that I had for that business. And as you, your followers, your listeners can probably tell from the name of the business, Blog Beautifully, it was all about blog strategy and business strategy. And I just kind of lost the, the heart that I once had for that. And I felt really inspired to shift in a new direction. So I actually started a new business, a second business in 2018. And it sort of morphed a little bit over that year, but it ended up being a lot about manifestation, money mindset. I created a manifesting weight loss course. So a bunch of really fun things that I am still super passionate about and I love talking about and that we're just in kind of a completely different direction than what I had been doing previously in terms of the blog and the business strategy. 
So I launched that second business in 2018. And then I quickly came to realize that it was not only very time consuming, but also pretty expensive to try and keep two separate websites and businesses up and running at the same time. So it's actually interesting because I had some people reach out to me and they're like, well, it can't be that expensive. Like, aren't you just paying for your website hosting? I was like, well, yeah, there's that, but there's also lead pages and there's also my email list, which is well over a hundred dollars a month. And you can't really just close down an email list without closing down a website because everything becomes so integrated and you have so many like opt-in freebies all over your website and nobody has time to go through and like find all of those and get rid of them so you can close down your email list. So anyways, I was putting a lot of time and money into two businesses and I just didn't have the, like I just wasn't able to focus enough on both of them. So I made the decision to close down Blog Beautifully because I was really, really into and enjoying this new business that I had started. So around, I'm going to say maybe October of last year, October, 2018, I closed down the blog beautifully website. I emailed everyone on that email list and told them what was happening. I think I did like a closing down sale on all my courses that I had. And then I just shut it down and I spent the next probably six months completely focused in, zeroed in on the new business, which is just kristadixon.com and loving that. Then in, I guess it would have been maybe March or April. I actually can't remember the exact date. I just felt really drawn back to that original business, which might sound crazy, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit. But I just felt like the world needed it. I was getting emails and messages all the time from people who had followed me on my old website, my old social media. They're asking where it was and saying they really missed it. And I don't even know how some of them found me because I didn't have the email address for that website anymore. So they were like tracking me down in other ways. And it just felt like a really strong sign that this is not only something people needed and people wanted, but something that I'm meant to do here in the world, I guess you could say. And I was kind of surprised to find that the more I thought about the idea of coming back and reopening the website six months later, the more excited I got. Like I, I'm sure you've experienced this, Eden, when you just have this like influx of ideas, like all this creativity comes to you and Mm -hmm. you, you just, you're like, I could write this blog post and this, and I could make this program. And like, I could send this emails and I just had so many ideas and I knew I had to do something with them. So (laughs) I decided to reopen the blog beautifully business to come back to open my email list again and basically run two businesses moving forward. So that is kind of, that's probably not the short enough version, but that's kind of the long version (laughs) of what's happened in my businesses over the past two years. Well, thank you for sharing that story and for being so transparent about the thought process that went into all of that. It sounds like to me that you are the kind of person that really just follows your intuition and when your heart tells you something feels right, you jump in and, and go with it. Isn't that scary for you at times? It is. It definitely is. And you're so right. That is one of the main ways that I run businesses and the main type of guidance I follow is my gut, is my intuition. And yes, it can be scary, but I think it's gotten less scary over time. The, the story that comes to mind is actually a few months into running my very first business, I had my first experience with not following my gut, not following my intuition. And back then I didn't really even understand the concept of like, what is your intuition? And like, how does it talk to you? 
but I just had this really bad feeling in my gut about working with a certain client. And because I was so like new to all of it, I just kind of pushed that feeling aside, went ahead with the client anyways, and it turned into like the worst, most nightmarish situation you can absolutely imagine. And looking back, I was like, dang, you know, that was my intuition telling me not to do it, guiding me away from that client, and I should have listened. So I think that over the last few years, as I have been able to better listen to and follow through on the guidance that I do get from my gut and from my intuition, it gets a little bit less scary each time because I can see the results, if that makes sense. So I can look back and be like, oh, when my intuition guided me towards that and I did it, I got really great results. Or if I ignored it, I got really bad results and something bad happened. So I think the more you do it and kind of the more you practice following that guidance, the easier it does become, the less scary that it becomes. Now, you mentioned earlier that one of the main reasons why you closed down Blog Beautifully was because of the expense and the challenge of running two businesses at once. So when you decided to pick it back up again, what was your plan, if any, to to handle that same struggle? Mm, That's a really good question. So I'll be totally honest and say that initially, when I first decided I was going to reopen Blog Beautifully, I didn't have that much of a game plan. I was just kind of winging it a little bit and following my intuition and trusting that things would work out. But now I do have a little bit of a better idea of how I want to manage two businesses and kind of juggle two businesses moving forward. So I'd say there are two big things. The first, and this is kind of a piece of advice for anybody who is thinking about launching a second business or who maybe has two businesses, I don't think you can ever be 100% focused and attentive and putting all your effort into two businesses at once. It's kind of like when you hear, like, I don't know, when you hear people say that there's no such thing as multitasking, like you're not actually multitasking, you're just flipping your attention back and forth really rapidly between two or three different things. It's kind of like that, I feel like, with running two businesses. So my game plan is instead of trying to be 100% on in both businesses at once, I'm going to kind of shift my focus back and forth. So right now, as an example, I'm gearing up to launch a new course in my Blog Beautifully business later in June. And so a lot of my time and focus and attention is going into that business, going into creating content, planning out the launch, the webinar, all that stuff. And then maybe later this year, I'm going to run a promotion or launch in my other business. So I might shift my focus a little bit more towards that. Now, it's not saying that I'm not continuing to show up in both businesses. I'm just showing up less in one, if that makes sense. So I'm still doing basically like the minimum amount of work and effort that I need to do to keep the other business running, to keep people engaged. Like I'm still sending a weekly email in both businesses. I'm still on social media in both businesses, but I'm not say launching two courses at the same time, like one in each business. I think that would be way too much to try and have on your plate. So I'm sort of shifting back and forth. And then another strategy is I, I think what I want to do moving forward is I want to automate a lot of the sales process in one of my businesses. So in the Krista Dixon business, I have a weight loss manifesting course, and I'm actually right in the middle of setting up a sales funnel for that course. So I worked with a copywriter. She's made this amazing freebie and like this email funnel. So we're going to get that set up and then hopefully use maybe some paid advertising to drive traffic to it so that a lot of the revenue in that business can be automated. And then I can focus more time in creating new courses and new programs for my other business for Blog Beautifully. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned that multitasking isn't a thing. I say that all the time. Not that you can't do multiple things at a time, but you can't have 100% of your attention on multiple things at a time. And it sounds like you're doing more of a project-based approach in your strategy where your attention is all in on this, and then in a few months, it'll be all in on that. How's How's it been working for you so far? Yeah, it's been really good so far. I will say, I think I'm pretty much just in the very first project phase for Blog Beautifully since I just relaunched it. Maybe like, was it four weeks ago or six weeks ago? I was kind of, I mean, I think the the initial bit is really just about me coming back into the business strong and like reforging connections. Uh, I had to start an Instagram account again. So I'm almost like, not totally starting from scratch, of course, but there's a little bit of groundwork I had to lay. I had to just reconnect with people basically. So that's kind of what I've been doing for the last four to six weeks. And then now I'm moving into this first big project, this first big launch, which is really, really exciting. Now, did you set expectations for yourself going in, knowing that you had kind of put things on hold for a while and that it might take you longer to ramp up? What were your expectations like? Ooh, that's a good question. I... I don't think I had that many expectations. I was honestly really excited to come back because I, I've always had a bigger following and like a bigger email list and more traffic on my older business, the first business I started. So I was really excited to like reconnect with those people. And I mean, when you, you make so many friends online and so many of your, your readers and your followers become like friends and peers to you. And there were so many people I hadn't just gotten a chance to talk to in like six to nine months. So it was really exciting just to like catch up with people again and be like, oh my gosh, I forgot, like, I forgot about you. And I can't believe I forgot about you because you're so amazing. So there was a lot of that. Um, I kind of expected that I wouldn't be able to just jump in headfirst and things would be exactly the way that they were before. And I was right. Um, I knew I'd have to do, like I said, that period of like re-engagement, reconnecting, uh, building up trust again, reminding people who I even am because some of the people on my email list, some of my followers have been around for years and then some of them had just joined my community right before I closed it down. So there was definitely like going to need to be some groundwork put in, in terms of, you know, filling people in on who I am, what I do, how I can help them, all that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, like, I know that you've mentioned in the past, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, that you really believe in email lists and they're such an important element to your strategy. So tell us about coming back into your business and introducing yourself back to your email list. What was that like? Mm, it was interesting. It was not, not quite what I expected. I knew that I would need to before I could ever come back and sell anything to my list or promote anything, there had to be a lot of trust built back up. I had to also explain, you know, where I went, why I went there, why I closed the business down. I was getting tons of questions about it. And then why I came back, like people were curious, which is obviously a natural thing. Um, So there definitely had to be a lot of that. And yes, I mean, I love email lists. Like my email list is the backbone of my business. I would be nowhere without the people on my list. And so I think it's so important for anyone listening who maybe has taken a break from their business, especially if they've taken a break from their email list, you need to go back into it knowing that those people are going to have maybe lost a little bit of trust with you, a little bit of that sense of connection, and it might take time to build that back up. 
So like I said, I knew that going in, but I didn't quite expect the, the levels, like let's say the statistics, the analytics, of what's going on with my email list to have changed so much just with a six month break. So um, if we want to get kind of like nerdy and numbersy here, I think I had close to at least ConvertKit's telling me I had like a 45% open rate on my email list, which is crazy high. Mm-hmm. And the last few emails I've sent in the you know month or so that I've been back have been hovering closer to 20% as an open rate. So there's definitely been a big drop which is to be expected, I suppose, but it's not the nicest feeling ever. Um, so there's that. And what else? Unsubscribes too. That's the other thing to think about with email lists. I knew that there were going to be lots of people who got these emails from me, haven't heard from me in a long time, maybe didn't even remember who I am, and they were going to unsubscribe automatically. And my suspicions were confirmed. <laughs> I will say um, there have definitely been more unsubscribes over the last month or so than normal. I don't know like exact percentages, but um, it's a little, I don't want to say heartbreaking. It's tough to like spend all this time crafting an email, sending it out. I obviously restarted this business because I feel like I have a lot of value to share and to see people unsubscribe. It does hurt, but at the same time, you kind of have to push past that as an entrepreneur. You can't let your feelings get too caught up in it. I mean, the way that I look at it is I personally unsubscribe from email lists all the time not because I have anything against that person. It might just be because my inbox is too cluttered or whatever they teach isn't right for me at this point in time and I'm going to come back later. Or maybe I've even accidentally subscribed to them with two different email addresses, which happens all the time. And so I'm just unsubscribing from one. So I try not to get too, too hung up on that, too hung up on the numbers. But yeah, that's a little bit of an insight into what my email list situations looked like over the, the last you know four to six weeks since coming back. And part of it is also probably the fact that you hadn't sent an email to these people in quite some time. So their email provider, whether they're Gmail or whatever they're using, wasn't familiar with your name and your email address. And so it might have just gone to spam. That could could have been a part of it. Mm, That's so true. I didn't even think of that. And you're you're totally right. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I mean, there's always an element that you have control over, like maintaining that relationship versus the stuff that you definitely have zero control over, which is definitely frustrating. but it's hard to get stressed about it because it's mm-hmm. we can only do as much as we can do, right? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So what are some tips that you have for people who maybe they haven't even given up on their business, but maybe they just haven't emailed their list in a really long time and they're just trying to make a comeback in their business. Share some of your wisdom with us. <laughs> yeah, I think there there definitely has to be a nice re-engagement period, re-engagement strategy going into that. So I would probably recommend sending minimum of two to three emails, maybe over the span of a week or 10 days, re-engaging, for lack of a better word. You can even stretch that out to like a full month if you want to. And what I did, I'd say mine was probably about two weeks long, this little like re-engagement campaign. And I sent maybe four emails. The very first one was just short and well it wasn't short and sweet but it was it was pretty basic it was you know here's who I am I'm back here's why I left here's how I can help you I think that's a big thing really focusing on the value you can give your subscribers versus like hey I'm back go and buy my stuff like mm-hmm. no you don't want to do that so um, really focusing on value you can share and how you're here to help people and then I sent either one or two posts within the next week or two or sorry one or two emails 
within the next week or two, driving actually traffic to my blog. So I had redone the Blog Beautifully website. So not only did I want to show it off, but I wanted to remind people of one of the, I guess you could say like the, the core components in how I grew my business, how I grew an audience was blogging. And I love creating content. I have some like amazing in-depth, really foundational content on my blog. And I wanted to remind people of that. I wanted to show them that I'm here to serve them. I'm here to teach them. I have a lot to offer. So I sent a couple emails out, just basically driving traffic to a few of my older blog posts. Um, again, reminding them what they stand to gain if they click over and read the post, what they stand to lose if they don't click over, and just having a really strong call to action to go and check out the content. And then I published my first new blog post in a while. I put a lot of time and effort into that one, and I sent out an email about that. So that's kind of how I went about it. I'd say, yeah, anywhere from like two to four weeks, really just focused on re-engaging people, reminding them of who you are and how you can help them. And then from there, you can move on into kind of picking things back up where you left off, maybe promoting again, launching something new, stuff like that. Now, when you came back into Blog Beautifully, was the business strategy the same as it was before or did you change it? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I definitely changed it a bit. I learned so much in my six months where I wasn't running Blog Beautifully. It was really, really fascinating for me specifically because I had always had a B2B business. So I was a blog coach and a business coach helping other bloggers and entrepreneurs. Then I started a new business that was much more B2C. I was helping people manifest weight loss and manifest better health. And I wasn't talking about business at all. And so I learned so much over those six months about business by running a different type of business, if that makes sense. It really gave me so much insight into how to run and grow a B2C business versus B2B, which not only is just invaluable knowledge, but it's going to make me a better business coach and a better blog coach moving forward. So that's really cool. Um, so I had learned a ton. Coming back into it, I definitely was a lot more organized. I thought a lot more about the bigger picture and more long-term. Like the very first time I launched Blog Beautifully back in 2016, I was brand new. I was like fresh out of the gate, full-time blogging for the first time in my life, working from home, and I really didn't have a clue what I was doing, as most people don't. So I was winging it a lot of the time. I was trying things out, testing things, experimenting launching things, having failures, having successes, and then eventually getting to a point where I was making really good, consistent income. Relaunching Blog Beautifully, coming back to it the second time, I not only know so much more, but I was able to think about where I want the business to be a year from now, three years from now, even five years from now, and plan out how I'm going to get there. So like what products I want to create, what products I want to keep that I already have created, different ways I can serve my audience. Like I'm even toying with the idea of launching a membership one day. So yeah, I came into it a lot more organized and smarter and able to, to see the bigger picture, like I said, and really plan more long-term, which I think is really, really important. So you have two businesses now and both of them have some really, really big ambitious goals how do you make sure that you're always focused on the right thing and not wasting time? Because I imagine for you, someone who's incredibly busy and who has her hands full, 
you really have to make sure that you're working on strategic stuff so that you're not wasting a bunch of time. How do you handle that? Yes, definitely. Oh my goodness. There are so many tips I could give here. Um, let me try and narrow this down. So you're dead right. I am very strategic, very intentional with my time. I don't, I really try not to waste time. Like if I am aimlessly scrolling Instagram, I'm doing that on my weekend. I'm doing that in the evening when I'm not working. So I'm very, very, I don't want to say strict, but I, I'm just intentional. So a couple things that I do and that you guys can try out is sometimes if I find that my to-do list is just getting crazy overwhelming, like there's too much, it's just getting bigger instead of getting smaller, I'll actually take my to-do list and I'll look at everything on it and I'll break those tasks up into three categories. I, what do I even call these? I don't know if I have names for them. Sometimes I just write down money signs, which is kind of weird. So I'll do something that's like no money or like a money sign or like three money signs. So basically I split them up into this task is either directly going to make me money. Like it is literally me creating a product to sell or indirectly. So it's me creating a webinar where I will sell my product. So those go in like the money-making category. Then I have tasks that are completely unrelated to anything to do with growing my business, making money, growing my audience. And th these are the random things, right? Like checking emails, unless it's an urgent email, but like checking emails or reading other people's blog posts or listening to podcasts, like anything like that goes in the first category, like non-money, non-business growth related. And then there's some stuff that sort of falls in the middle. So things like planning out my social media posts, which will grow my audience and hopefully will lead to sales, but they're not, not really a direct path. Those things go in the middle category. And then from there, I have my priorities, right? So I always have to focus on things that are either making money or going to make me money or directly growing my business. So those get priority. And then I kind of just work my way down the list. So I focus on those things, whatever time is left over gets spent on the tasks in that middle category. And usually the things that are in that category of like not related to business growth at all, those just get completely crossed off the list. They're scrapped. They go in the trash and I don't do those things. So that's one little thing that you guys can try out. Um, I'm, that's actually, it's so similar to my strategy. So I have, I don't use it with like money symbols, but I have a category that's immediate money makers and then a non-immediate money makers, but still money makers. And then I have a maintenance category. So the maintenance is the stuff like you mentioned, email, customer service. It's stuff that's important in maintaining my business, but it won't grow my business. Then the immediate money makers would be like the sales funnels, launching, stuff like that. And then non-immediate would be PR stuff. Um, networking, things like like planning mm -hmm. you know, a joint venture or something. So like yes. maybe in the future money makers, but not like they're more like big picture. So kind of it, it's like exactly the same strategy as yours. Yeah. Kind of cool. That's so funny. That's funny. We came up with the same thing without even talking about it. You should like, I just had a thought we should make like a PDF of that and then give it to people who are listening. Oh yeah. That would be a really, really good idea. Yeah. I actually, I did a workshop on this with the members of um, uh, Rebel Boss University on time management. Mm -hmm. and like telling them exactly how I organize things for people who have less than 20 hours a week to work on their business because a lot of people were struggling with that. So I told them this strategy and we broke it down and I gave people the opportunity to kind of share what stuff they have on their plate and what category I think it would go in, mm -hmm. which was kind of really, really cool. So yeah, we should definitely put that together. That's good yeah. Idea. <laughs> cool. So what else? What else is something that you feel like we need to know if we're coming back from a long break in our business? 
I think people need to know that it's okay to need a break. You're not weak or there's nothing wrong with you or it's not like you're not going to make it one day just because you need a break. Everybody needs a break sometimes. For some people, it's just a one-week break or a two-week break. For some of us, it's a month. For some of us, it's six months like me. Some of us, it's more than that. And that's fine. If you, especially if you go into it with a plan, like my case was a little different because I didn't plan on coming back to blog beautifully. I thought at the time I was closing it down that that was kind of the end of it. If I had known I was just taking a break and was coming back, I probably would have gone about it differently. I definitely would have gone about it differently. And I would have had more of a plan in terms of how to, I guess, temporarily close down things, how to say goodbye to people, how to let them know I was going to be back that would have been different. Um, but yeah, you're not like, there's nothing wrong with taking a break. I personally take a, I try and take at least two weeks off every like December, early January, just for some downtime to like recharge my batteries at the end of the year. Cause business can be really stressful and it can be really overwhelming. And there's a lot that you're doing all the time. You're constantly balancing a million different things, juggling a million different things and you can get worn out. So I guess my my takeaway here is that there's nothing wrong with taking a break if you make it a really beneficial and really recharging for you and then b you go into it with a plan of how you're going to kind of exit gracefully as you take this break and then how you're going to come back i love it and it sounds like you've done as graceful a job as possible coming back into your business and i was personally really excited to see you come back because it meant that we could work together again, which was really exciting selfishly for me. <laughs> no, thanks girl. I know Eden is like the best. She was one of the first people Aww. that responded to my email when I said I was back and you were just, you were so excited. I was so excited. She's like, come on the podcast. And I was like, Heck, yeah, I'm ready to jump back in. Yeah. I was my like, feet let's, let's do all the things together. All the things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Awesome. So share a little bit with everyone um, about where they can find you and hang out with you online now that you're back. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So you guys can find me on my website, blogbeautifully.com. Like I mentioned earlier, I really go hard with my blog. I have some awesome content coming out soon. So you definitely want to follow along. In terms of social media, I'd say probably Instagram is the best place right now. Sadly, Instagram is the one platform that did not like let me come back with my existing account, which is kind of weird. So like I was able to reactivate my Pinterest account and, um, you know, obviously I had my old website content still, but Instagram was like, no. So I'm kind of starting from scratch on Instagram. So I'd love for you guys to come and follow along over there. I try and do stories every day. It's a ton of fun. Um, you can follow me pretty much on all social media. My username is just blog beautifully, or sometimes it's blog beautifully with two Y's because the other version was taken. So yeah, come and hang on Instagram come check out the blog. There's a couple freebies on my website. I'm sure Eden will link to those in the show notes, but you guys can join my list. I try and send out really great content for you every single week and have so much exciting content planned for the next like four to six weeks. So it's going to be super, super good. Love it. Thanks again so much, Krista, for coming on the show and we're glad to have you back. Yay. Thank you so much. This has been really, really fun. It's been an honor and I hope that everyone listening took away some valuable tips and insights. Next time on Rebel Boss Ladies, we'll be talking with someone who pre-launched a product that did not exist yet and made several thousand dollars from it. I'm calling it the accidental launch since it was totally random and unplanned, but ended up being a super successful launch for a really amazing product. 
If you're interested in the idea of pre-selling a product that does not exist yet, this is the episode for you. Thanks again for tuning in today, Rebels. If you love this episode, please don't forget to leave us a review and share it on social media. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. We'll see you next time. Thank you.